0: You're listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. While I set up, would you just keep in prayer? Because the message I'm going to bring tonight, I need a lot of grace to... To teach it because it's so deep. So say, go deeper, sister, go deeper. Deeper, deeper. Can we um put a little bit of light on? Just a lit, little bit. Just just a little bit. Like last time. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> it's really right up here, worship team. Wow. Okay. I guess we're doing the fluorescence. Okay, yeah. That's all right, that'll work. That's good. Can you hear me okay? Is this okay? Yeah? It's all right? Good. Um, so, I'm really excited. I felt it in my bones, and when I feel it in my bones, I know that the Lord's going to do something really beautiful. Yeah. Interestingly enough, this was uh, I love that. Yeah, you just keep provoking me, because that's going to help me teach better. I need my Pentecostals up here or something. Okay, yeah, bring it. Yes, yes. So, oh, this is good. Whoa, team. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, this is uh, interesting. This message was actually given to me, um, like I I prepared it. When I spoke at the Resurgence um, conference, I had this plan for Saturday and uh, didn't get to it (laughs) because uh, Friday night, after I did my workshop, the Lord wrecked me. Like, just absolutely wrecked me. I was on the floor, snotty mess, and I said, what, Lord? And he gave me a whole another word that I was supposed to do that Saturday morning. I don't know how many of you were there, but so the, but the message that I had prepared, I didn't get to share, and he brought it to my spirit to bring tonight. So that's exciting, staying with resurgence. Um, this was the word he gave. This is going to go deep, so just follow with me. Um, Keep your attention. Um, It might be tough at times because I hope not. I hope he just gives me the grace. The word I want to bring is how important it is for us to know our image in the Lord and that we are created in his image and in his likeness. Um, bear with me. I'm just, uh, turning my notes here. I did some extra notes here. Where did they go? I think I did them. There, all the highlighting. Okay, here we go. All right. So we ended yeah, to this morning on being clothed. How many, of you, uh, how many of you received that word about being clothed? How many, like, really received it? Wow, you guys are amazing tonight. So excited. Okay. So here's the, here's the beauty of it all. When God created us, he created us with great splendor. Because in the first at the beginning... We're going to turn to Genesis again, five. Actually, go to one first, 126. And God said, "Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea." and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And he told them, be fruitful and multiply. I want you to pay attention to these two words of image and likeness. In the Hebrew, the word for image is resemblance in likeness. It's model, shape, fasten, but no bodily resemblance. So when he made us in his, in his image, he made us to in part resemble him in such a way. Now the difference was that he made, he contrasted us with the animals. <laughs> this is very important. Now, I ain't, I ain't against, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't. Against doggies. No. And puppies. And uh, I, I, I'm not against kitties and cats. But I'm so sorry. They ain't that special compared to us. None of creation was created in the image of God, apart from humans. Our world has gotten a little bit crazy when it comes to pets. They're really lovely, but they're not a family member, really, guys. Like, they are, but they aren't. I know I'm really walking on a tight rope right now. <laughs> like, really tight. I do have a dog. Like, my parents have dogs. I like the dog. I like dogs. I had fishes. I had cats. But it's kind of getting a little crazy. And I'll leave it at that. Anyways, I just want to point out that he did the contrast. He said, you all are going to get to rule over them and have dominion over them. So that was the juxtaposition of humans and creatures and animals. We bear the image of God. This is so important. I want you to look at one of your neighbors and say, you bear the image of God. It's that awkward moment when you have to talk to and say this statement, and I know it, but you know, gets us loosened up a little bit. Now look at the other neighbor and say the same thing. (laughs) Amen. Here's the deal. It's so important. It's so important that we get this. Because... We carry glory and splendor because of the God who made us. We're going to hop to um, Deuteronomy four, sixteen to 20. And I'm going to ask for a demonstration in the next couple minutes. So I will need a gentleman to come up and volunteer... Did somebody just get volunteered? (laughs) Did you want to come up? (laughs) That's okay. Is that a, that's like, oh, Chris is already, like you're already coming up? Oh, you did? Okay. What I'm going to need you to do. Oh, fine. It's good. Let's do this. I'm ready. So, um, yeah, you can actually just grab a chair, an extra chair, one of those over there. Take a a seat right there. And I'm going to give you something to do in just a minute. Like over here, bring the chair. (laughs) He's so obedient. Bless him. Okay, and I'm going to give you something to do in a bit, okay? Just look pretty. (laughs) Uh, That's right. That's the way. Do that one more time. It's a little fluffy. There we go. (laughs) He even did it with a like. That's right, Chris. You feeling awkward yet? I don't think Chris gets awkward, so I think we're good. Deuteronomy. Four, 16 to 20. I'm going to actually, yeah, 16 to 20. I'll go 15. So watch yourselves carefully, since you did not see any form on the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb from the midst of the fire, so that you do not act corruptly and make a graven image for yourselves in the form of any, say everybody, any figure the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged bird that flies in the sky, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water below the earth. And beware not to lift up your eyes. This is now worshiping the skies and the solar system. And beware not to lift up your eyes to the heaven and see the sun and moon and stars, all the hosts of heaven, and be drawn away. Everybody say drawn away. And worship them and serve them, those which the Lord your God has allotted to all the people under the whole heaven. That's a huge, huge, huge warning. So what he's asking them to do is make sure that you don't make anything in an image. Now watch this. Humans have been given bearers of God's image we all bear the image of God. That's why every human being has dignity. The homeless man has dignity. The person that is really confused about their identity, they have dignity because they bear the image of God. So we must treat everyone with dignity because they bear the image of God. So important. Nothing on the planet Earth was given that where God said, let us make man in our own image. So there was a huge warning. Now, do not worship any other image. Psalm 106.20. Keep following me. We're going to build up. Chris, you just keep smiling, looking real pretty. Psalm 106.20. It says... Well, we'll go 19. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped a molten image. Thus, they exchanged their glory. Everybody say their glory. glory. This is so powerful. For the image of an ox that eats grass. The fact that they worshipped another image, they forfeited their glory. Now I'm going to do a demonstration here. Here, Chris. Yeah. Is Travis around? Good. I need you here because you got to. You'll you'll probably get a laugh out of this. Oh, is Karis around? <laughs> yeah. You can just stay there. But just be around, because you'll probably get a laugh. Um, so this will be good. Like I think you'll find this funny. So today, I said, I need to do an illustration. And a kind resurgence leader helped me. And I said, I need to find some tools that will help with chiseling, like an idol or something. And I said, but there won't be anything on this campground that resembles an idol. I'm sure of it, because it's a Christian campground. And this lovely leader suggested something. And she said, the first thing that came to my mind was this thing. (laughs) She said, I'm sure that'll do, Jolene. I'm pretty sure that this could be a good representation of an idol. So, inside joke for those, that was just for a slight entertainment comic relief for the leaders. But, um, so this, there was a joke, apparently this looks like an idol. Um, So, uh, would you so kindly begin to pretend to chisel that? And, you know, be very gentle, that's a diffuser, anyways. um, For essentials, yeah. So, in the Old Testament, and still to this day... There are temples, there are um, places of worship that other cultures, obviously, create and have these idols, and they have ascribed to them certain gods, so the god of fertility. And so the people would come, and they'll bring their offering of certain offerings, whatever is required of them, and keep chiseling, um, and uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, they'll bring their offering before the idol, and they'll offer their prayers. Now, the thing is, if you noticed, this is a man making the idol. Scripture, it's very, very fascinating. If you turn, and I'm going to have somebody read this out because it's just too good not to. Um, Let's go to, hop along to Habakkuk 2.18. It's near the end of the Old Testament. And if somebody else could pull out Psalm 135, 15 to 18. I will read it right after that. But Habakkuk 2, 18 to 20. Can anybody stand up and read it nice and loud? Keep going there, Chris. Or an image that teaches lies. he makes it, creation. He makes idols Oh. Oh. Say that one more time, Maya. That was so good. Let that go in. So watch. This is what's happening. This is what they do. Since a man has carved it. Own creation. Who wants to read Psalm 135? Anybody? Yeah, she's ready. Uh, yes, ma'am. The idols of the nations are of silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. Indeed, there is no breath in their mouths. Those who make them are just like Oh, 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 darn. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Did you hear that? Those who trust them become like them. Did you notice it says that the, they don't have ears and they do not have eyes? But they become like them. Oh, dear. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> oh, you're so. C- That's all right. I know it's a heavy hammer, isn't it, Chris? Now here's the deal. Okay, I'm gonna you don't so now lay the lay the the thing, we'll call it an idol and pretend, right? Lay it on the chair, okay? So put it on the chair. Now he is I may make you. But, but we can pretend. Because I know you don't want to. So and I wouldn't want to either actually to be honest. Yeah. So but what they would do, but here, this is the this is the crazy piece of it all is they'd make the idol, now it's made by human hands, it's crafted by human hands, and then they actually, now remember, he bears the image of God, the glory of God. Now watch this, this bears nothing. He is going to forfeit his glory and bow to an idol. Can you imagine the distress the father must, this is why the first couple commandments was, do not have any other gods before me. Because, folks, you bear the image, the glory of God. Imagine God's glory for being forfeited to a piece of wood. Can you imagine the forfeit? It's so powerful. That's why he says, don't have any more. Don't have any idols. Don't have any gods above me. And when we sang, I exalt thee, no other gods. Because you exchange the glory that you bear. You defile the image of God when you bow to an image or an idol. You've been awesome. Thanks. Now it's a diffuser. So do you, are you following the importance of this? That's why he was... He was really, really insistent that we get this because you all carry the image and the glory and the splendor of God. Just lay your hands and say, thank you, God, for the splendor. Thank you that you bear, you make me in the image of you. It's so beautiful. You know, no, no other creation, nothing in creation has what we carry. The problem is, is sin defiled that. So the Lord needed to restore us back to the glory. But I can tell you, we may not be people who go to a temple and offer sacrifices to these kind of idols, but the West does have idols power, comfort, influence, control. Those are our idols. We might not sell ourselves out to some sort of carved wooden. But we do give in to the systems that the world pushes out. And we become slaves of them. I'm going to just blast you with scriptures on this so it really goes in. Okay? Jeremiah 2.11. Anybody can read it if they want. Or I can. There we go. Has a nation changed gods when they were not gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this, and shudder. Be very desolate, declares the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. Watch this. This is very powerful. The fountain of living waters, they have forsaken me. The fountain of living waters to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. A broken cistern, they've Hewed it. They've made these, these cisterns that cannot contain water in exchange for the living water. See, ladies and gentlemen, we are temples that can carry the fountain of living water. When we go to other sources to try and receive, we forfeit that. And it's a great evil before the Lord. Because we're forfeiting the best of the best of the best. We have forsaken him. The Holy Spirit, some people have called him almost like the forgotten God in the church. And yet we need him so much to bring life. What I talked about this morning about having the fruits, we need him, folks. I was talking with Travis and we were saying about how churches continually will need to continue to contend for Holy Spirit to remain in our churches because I have a lot of people coming in and they don't really know what his role is in their life. And so let's pray for our pastors. Let's pray for our churches to keep welcoming Holy Spirit. Because we won't make it otherwise. We just won't. We get the fountain of living water. Has a nation changed gods when they were not gods? But my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Let's not do this wicked exchange and change our glory and forfeit it to worship what the world says to worship. When I looked out, just for a moment, I opened my eyes and I saw you all worshiping God, the Almighty, and nothing else mattered. I truly believe that's our design. It's one of the most beautiful things to be in, and we all know it because something in us moves. We just kind of want to stand still. We all know the I Exalt Thee chorus because every church pretty much sings it at the end of their worship set at some point. But there's something on it. Why? Because the only thing that's exalted is God. Not us. Just God. And I truly believe he moves in on that. And we just kind of find our spot and our place and our meaning not because we had to look very far, we just had to look in the face of God and we find who we are. You just have to look into the face of him and you'll find out who you are. Make sure it's always, A.W. Tozer says this, make sure that you always look to him to find out who you are. Don't look within to find out who you are. Big difference. When you do that, it goes south really fast Romans 123 is going to be one I'm going to camp out on for most of the night <clears throat> Romans 123 and I'll go a little bit higher for even though they knew God They did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. There's a consequence to this, folks. Therefore God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Even our bodies will be affected. Impurities will come. When we exchange... The glory of God, your glory. You carry glory. You carry the image of God. If you choose to bow down to a man, to a system, to an idol, to money, and you sell yourself out to that thing, you are forfeiting the glory of God and He will have to hand you over. And it's not good to be handed over. Because our nature is not good. The thing that keeps us preserved is the Holy Spirit. If I don't yield to Holy Spirit, I'm wicked. I'm wicked through and through. I'm inclined to pride and fear. But when I yield to Holy Spirit, I can be love. I can be peace. I can be joy. It's awesome. It's what a privilege. But if I sell my glory out that he has deposited on me because I'm his creation and I'm his child, he has to let me go in the ways in which I want to go. And we know that when the world is released and it doesn't have God, we're watching. It even goes down to say in Romans Romans 1 um, where we're going, and it's kind of bleak, but verse 32, and although they knew the ordinances of God and those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they also give hardly approval to those who practice them, which means there's a lot of evil going down in the world. And they, you're at, at, we're actually starting to see people glorify evil. Back in the day, I used to watch some award ceremonies, like music award ceremonies when I was like little. And it was fine. It was fairly clean. You might get one act that's a little bit. Now you've got like pretty much every act on the award cer- I can't even watch them anymore because it's the glorification of evil. They hardly approve the glorification of evil. And, people of God, if we're going to walk this thing, we got to draw lines. We got to say, I I do not want my eyes to behold this stuff. Turn the TV off, even if it's a catchy song. Just be like, that's filth. It's filth. Just start drawing some lines in your walk because you don't want to forfeit the glory. You know, we, I don't know, in the last maybe three or four years, we've started to see people, you know, go on their knees and start bowing to each other or doing, you know, that action of, I worship you, I worship you. And, you know, I know a lot of times it's kind of maybe playful for them. They're not actually, but maybe they are. But it's an action, and I always grieve when I see it because I can see that our world is becoming that we worship one another. And instead, our worship should always be reserved for the Almighty. And when we do that, the glory is preserved. It's preserved. And we want our lives to be preserved. So don't hand out your glory and your worship lightly. Don't come to worship lightly. So important. Because all heaven waits for this and says, are the sons and daughters, are they going to really do it this time? Or are they just going through the motion?" I was at Breakforth. Um, I think this was like—I don't even know, man. I aged myself, anyways. Fifteen years ago, maybe ten years. And um, Ma- Robin Mark was playing. Anybody there? Okay, that's oh, maybe one person. That's good. <sighs> Got anybody? Okay. Um, oh, thank you back there. Okay. So uh, Robin Mark and I—I—I I, I wasn't again. I—I I was just still walking quite, um, yeah, just quietly with the Lord. And I I was in the back and suddenly he gave me a vision. And I wasn't, I didn't get visions back then. It was very new to me. And all of a sudden I saw, like the people are worshiping, but I saw all of their bodies kind of went invisible. And I saw right into their hearts. And while they were worshiping, I just saw these hearts either half full or full or empty. But they were all worshiping. But the heart just represented how much their heart was actually in it. And sometimes people worship and they're half there. Sometimes they're all there. And sometimes they're completely empty. And their hands are up and all the rest. And it just put perspective. And I thought, Lord, when we come to worship, are we giving you your honor that is due? And are we coming humbly, lowly, we're a bit in a culture sometimes where we lose the reverence because we came out of a generation that was hell and brimstone, and we scared the hell out of you, basically. That's that was that generation. They just scared the hell out of them, literally. You need Jesus, and then the pendulum swip is like went over, and switched. And, and then it became a bit of a grace movement where basically anything's permissible, he'll forgive. And we're coming, hopefully, Lord willing, a little bit more balanced. And the reverence will come back to the church in a healthy way. Because people, we can't get there without holiness. He's coming back for a blameless and spotless bride. So it's okay to challenge ourselves and say, how's my walk doing? Am I, Am I... Am I, am I really walking intimately? Am I, is my heart clear with you, Lord? Somebody asked me um, today and said, Jolene, you mentioned repentance. I don't even know if I know if I've repented or if I know how to repent. And it's true, sometimes we lose these basic foundations in our walk. And we come to things like this and we kind of require the altar call, which is all good. But please don't wait for the next resurgence to repent. Your bed is there. Go by beside it. Kneel down and humble yourself. It's that easy. Just the other week, there was something on my heart. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know if you're as connected to your heart as I am, but I have to be. If, I, if there's anything in my heart, I can't do my job. So my heart is a place where I, I pay real close attention to how I'm doing. And if there's anything... I'm very quick to have to deal with it. And there was something on my heart that I just wasn't sure if I had really breached something that the Lord um, didn't want me to breach. And it troubled me for days. And, you know, when you have something on your heart, I don't know about you, but it starts to affect your, the way you perceive reality. So you start to kind of feel guilty, and so you start interpreting people's statements this different way. Do you know what I'm talking about? You start to, like... Oh, gosh, they know. And you start getting paranoid. Something reminds you of that thing. It's like ever before you. Am I alone in this process? Okay, good, okay. Because then that means we, we all detached. Anyways, okay, so we're all connected. The one, as, soon, as soon as I just bottomed, I said, okay, no more trying to figure this out. My heart isn't right. I'm getting on my knees. I went beside my bed. I kneeled down and I just prayed. And I said, Lord, surely I have trespassed. Else my heart wouldn't be responding like this. And I need you to forgive me. And I'm so sorry. And I receive your grace and your forgiveness. From that day on, I haven't thought about it. It totally lifted. It's as if it never happened. That's his forgiveness. Didn't bother me again. I literally got up. My heart was completely cleansed. That's the power of repentance. There was another area in my life where I had some shame on. I've I sensed some shame, and I was telling my story and a, a bit of my testimony. And suddenly, I got to this one part of my testimony. I felt the shame. I just felt a little bit of shame, and I thought, wait a sec. If you forgave me, there shouldn't be any shame, there should be no residue on this. Why am I feeling shame, Lord? And I bend my knees again and I got on my face and the Lord gave me a clear vision. And I just cause I'd said, Here's my ashes, Lord, because I believe Isaiah 61, it says, He gave beauty for ashes. And I just I just said, Here's my ashes. And it was a big pile. And this cross just went <clears throat> right in the center of it. And he said, Jolene, any time that this comes up, you can look at the cross. It's over. It's done. And literally, shame just came off. This is just intimacy, folks. This is nothing really exciting other than I'm just letting you in a little bit on the closet of my walk, because I think a lot of us don't know how to do that. And we need these things to stir us up and provoke us. But if you can just maintain in the secret place some intimacy with the Lord, he's faithful to meet you there. He says, draw nigh, and I will meet you. But don't go there praying idly a bunch of prayers without connecting to your heart. Because this is the meeting place, folks. One thing I loved about David, loved, and I love about him, And he is an inspiration. It is Psalm 51 when Nathan comes to him and says, God knows, God knows, God knows, God knows, God knows what you did. And the thing with David is, he was a man who knew exactly what the system required of him, what he needed to offer, what he needed to do to be forgiven. But in Psalm 51, if we'll go there quickly, This is the heart matter, folks. This is, if you get this, you're going to walk different, I promise. Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion. This is his journal. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only I have sinned. Catch that line. There's no mincing words for David. Before you and you only I have sinned. Now Joseph is another one of my heroes. And here's a guy who has Potiphar's wife coming at him every day. Joseph of the Old Testament. And she says, lie with me, lie with me, lie with me. Come, 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 lie with me. And he had to, it says in the word, he had to constantly say no. But there was one day, there's nobody in the house. And Joseph was approached again. And she said, lie with me. And he said two things that struck me. He said, Your husband, Potiphar, has not given you to me. And how could I do this evil before my God? This was a man who walked in the sight of God. He walked as though in the sight of God. David, well... David, he did the reverse. He said, against you and you only I have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you're justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in my sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth. Everybody, when you're praying, just be truthful. In the innermost being and in the hidden part of You will make me know wisdom. Purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. This is the process of cleansing that the Old Testament would have had. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Here we go. Create in me a clean heart. We got this section over here. (laughs) Do we all know it over here? No. Teach them one more time. Cast me not away. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then, ah, thank you, David. This guy knew the order of events. He made sure that he brought his heart before the Lord, and then he said, After you do this, and you create in me a clean heart, then I will teach transgressors your ways. Otherwise, I'm disqualified. True story. Then. So if y'all want to, like, you know, be up here, trust me, it costs something. (laughs) I said to the Lord, I'm like, oh, Master, I don't want to be disqualified. I had to, like, really bring it before him because I know I'm held very much to a standard. If I come up here... Paul said, I beat my body into subjection so that I'm not disqualified from the word in which I preach. (laughs) And David knew about that. He got it. This is why God loved him so much because he said he's a man after God's own heart. And you can see why. Because here we go. This is the final part of this. If you hop to... 15, O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice. But what does he delight in? Otherwise, I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. And a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. So we can go through rituals, and we can go through these offerings. They had a system in place, and David said, "Mm -mm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to attempt to go there, because you're not going to be pleased with it. What you're after, God, is my heart. That's why God could trust David, even after all that stuff. Like, he did nasty stuff. There was probably a lot more men that did a lot less than him, and yet God said, I'm going to ascribe his name to Jesus, and he's a man... After my own heart, because he got the heart piece down. About um, six years ago, seven years ago, I had to stay, maybe even more actually, maybe eight years, I had to stay at a friend's house because I was in transition between places. And uh, the Lord gave me another vision, and um, I was laying in bed in my friend's house, houseless. I was homeless, basically. And I'm laying there, and suddenly it was the... Again, I'm not typically a vision person. I haven't had one for a long time, but there was a season when I received quite a few, and I'm laying in bed, and all of a sudden, it's as if I've passed away, and I'm in heaven now. And I'm in heaven, and the Lord has... (laughs) Sounds odd saying it, but I'm going to say it. So the Lord had me sit down in a theater... Jesus was there in a theater, and there was a red curtain. And he said, sit down. And I said, what? He said, do you want to see the rest of your life? And I immediately, I remember thinking, I was like 20-something at the time. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know whatever went, everything that went down. The rest of my life, like what? He goes, I'm going to show you now. I'm going to pull this curtain. We're going to watch. All the times that my hand intervened in your life. That's the rest of your life. I'm going to show you when I dispatched my angels over your life. That's the rest of the story. I shuddered, folks. Because you know why? I felt so convicted. Because I said, Lord, I've only worshipped you according to what I see. Oh, Lord, I trembled. I absolutely trembled. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I've only worshiped you according to what I see. And yet your word says you're good all the time. Irregardless of my circumstances, you're good all the time. So what does that require of me? My worship of him all the time. Folks, you don't know the mercy that is on your life even as we speak right now. Do a study on the word Mercy, loving kindness, it'll blow your mind. It's a a flippant word we use, but it's one of the deepest words of the Bible. I tell you not. And we are under such a powerful mercy of God. And it says, He raises the sun on the righteous and the unrighteous. So just know that there is ways that the Lord is working in your lives that you do not see. But let not your worship be limited to just what you see. If Bible says he dispatches his angels, thank him. If the Bible says that he is for you and he loves you, thank him for that, despite circumstances. Can I hear the bride arise? Amen. Yes. Yeah. He, oh, yes. Where was that? <laughs> thank you. That was a male, right? That was a guy. Amen. Amen. We all in it, bride. We all in it. So if you can take away, just from the couple of illustrations, please take away. Let not your worship be limited to just what you see. Because he's doing a lot more in your life. There's been so many times I've been driving, and I haven't been driving wisely. We won't get into it <laughs> at all. People stay quiet that know me. Um... Yeah, so anyways, <laughs> I won't get into it. But sometimes I, I'm a little bit fast, that's all. So uh, I know for a fact the Lord has spared my life. Many times, many, many, many times. But um, Not because of speeding. But I just know that the Lord has had his hand on me, and not because I prayed a lot that day. mm Because maybe somebody else did. Maybe just because his covenant says, that's my kid. Sometimes we focus on all the bad things that are happening and we have no idea what we just got saved from, all the good like, that he's doing in our life. We're so focused and fixated on, oh, I didn't get a parking spot. He's like, if you would just go with it and trust me. Oswald Chambers is a very good devotional, and he says this one thing. Sometimes the saint is looking for a step-by-step guide on how to walk according to the Holy Spirit. Like, is this your will? Is this your will? Is this your will? And Oswald Chambers does this. He says, friendship with God permits it this way. If you are in right standing, now I emphasize right standing. This is not one of the benefits for somebody who's in rebellion. But if you are in right standing with the Holy Spirit, And with the Lord himself, this is your benefit as a kid of God. You get to walk freely. And unless the Spirit of God arrests you and says, no, no, you keep walking. Because you're abiding. That's freedom, folks. And then you have to just ask, Lord, give me the grace to obey when your Spirit arrests me. But that's a lot better than, is this the right way? That's the assumption. You're in the wrong all the time. But as a child, if you have spent time and you're abiding, one of the benefits is, I get to walk. He's with me. Talk to me. Be with me. And then a spirit kind of moves. No, not that way, Joe. No. It's wonderful. No, free, no fear in that. It's Freedom. But that is, you have to nurture uh, intimacy with the Lord. And folks, you can't, uh, there's no substitute for this other than time with the Lord. Conferences won't do it. Church won't do it. Small groups won't do it. It's in the secret place, I promise. There's no substitute. I I can't emphasize it enough. And many of people don't make the time, don't put in the time with the Lord to get the benefits that I'm talking about. But I promise you, if you seek him early in the morning and you wake up and you get your day started with the Lord, it'll go a lot different than if you just, like, go on Instagram and read a couple passages before you sleep. That was a really good quiet time, Lord. (laughs) He's like, I didn't even get to talk. night. Brutal. He's like, I had so many things I wanted to talk to you about. We let off a little like, and can you just make sure that the application goes through? (laughs) Okay, good night. All the while, he's dispatched his angels all day long, and he's been helping you out, and he's been extending his grace over you, and and can you make sure that that guy, he looks at me maybe or something. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, sir, If we go overseas, we're going to get eat up and spit out by other Christians. I tell you what. They're like praying for their like governments and... And we're like, I just really want that new shirt. Like, I just... And they don't even have shirts and they're praying. This is terrible. Come on, we gotta show up. It is so time to show up. Yeah? Like, go ahead, let's go. Otherwise, honestly, the church is a laughing stock in the West. I tell you not. We have Chinese missionaries, they come and see us and they go, well, that was an interesting trip. Now, at least I know how churches run without God. No kidding. Yeah. I'm for reals. This is terrible. That is not the reputation we want in Edmonton. No, no. No, no. We cannot run church without God. And we will not. And so every person who's represented by a body... That's what I mean. We pray for our pastors. Pray for the fire. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, follow me. Maya, I tell you what, I might just get you up here. (laughs) She got herself a real good gift. Yes, you do. Amen? I'm almost done. Forfeiting. So just say, Lord, I don't want to forfeit the glory that is on my life. Forgive me for the times when I have indeed forfeited my glory that you have put on me. More, Lord. Yes. Psalm 8, it goes on to say that we're made a little lower than God. And we're crowned with glory and majesty. Psalm 100, verse 3. Let's just like nail this in. We're almost done. Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord Himself is God, it is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of his pasture, know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, with that said, I am going to do another illustration. Now, this I do in my office quite often. And it's in, it's in connection to this passage. I'm going to speak because oftentimes ladies, especially ladies, struggle with worth. We just, I'm just going to kick this out of here tonight. Like let's just, enough is enough. We got, we got, serious, we got serious assignments that the Lord needs to do and release over our lives. And we cannot continue to question whether we're valuable. We're valuable. The blood came. We're valuable people. Just get grounded. We're valuable, we're valuable, we're valuable. So oftentimes, I don't know if everybody's going to see this. I hope so. Good old heart. I'm writing worth for those who are writing this in their journals. Um, OK. <laughs> Um, worth and value. Sorry, not values. Value. This is like a tank, okay? If we're going to just imagine a water tank, we all want to feel valuable and worth something. All of us. All the time. We want to have high worth. We want to have high value. We're created that way. The problem is, is apart from God, if this value is low, we do everything in our power to make ourselves feel valuable all the time. We strive, we struggle. So oftentimes I'll ask clients, what are some things that you actually derive a lot of value from? Some people will say their work. A lot of gentlemen get a lot of their purpose and their value from their work, from what they do with their hands. Um, Sometimes it's our roles in church even, church roles unfortunately like if I was really insecure um, I could see this as really establishing my value that I get to do this or maybe the if we are a sister or a mother or a dad we can get a lot of value or worth from those roles sometimes we get it from Gucci or Prada, any others, Mac, I don't know, (laughs) oh, we'll talk later, (laughs) okay, (laughs) see the confessions are already starting, praise God, more Lord, more, anybody else? We're open here, no judgment. Let's just let them start coming. So good, thank you. Um, okay, what else? T- shout out a couple more. Were that you, what? Thank you, Malati. yeah. Social media, yeah, okay. Fine, oh, I love that one, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I stroked that today. I'm so sorry. Oh, dear. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. (laughs) You're allowed. It's pretty awesome. No, just kidding. Anyone? Anyone else? Which one? Attention. Yeah, what was the other one? GPA. Yeah, academic excellence. Big one. Excellence. Yeah. Attention. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who said that? Way to go, guy. Yeah. Looks. I think I missed one, but okay. Associations. Beautiful. Yeah. It's like who you know. I like, oh my gosh, I talked to so-and-so. I don't know why I just did that impression. Let's pretend that didn't happen. Oh gosh. Okay. Any others? (laughs) Please hurry, so we can forget that moment. (laughs) Relationships. Good. Yeah. Okay, so this is a hefty, wonderful list. Thank you, guys and gals, that you all participated. So, here's the deal. We all want to feel this tank full all the time. Like I said, you will look to these things to do this exchange rate, kind of. This pours into this, this pours into this. Now, here's the deal. This is the problem of, the, of, of it all. This is what I call slavery. And why it's slavery is you have to do it 100% perfect all the time. Does that make sense? If you don't, the tank goes down which leads to disappointment, which can lead to despair, which can lead to sometimes death. Because worth and value, if somebody doesn't believe they're valuable, what's the point? And if they've given in to this system and they just can't keep up, for instance, say they, they bombed their GPA They'll look to compensate in another area or numb out, but oftentimes they'll try and compensate in another area to try and make themselves feel better about themselves or just not feel at all. And the cycle just keeps going. That's why it's slavery. So if any of you have have really placed a lot of value in these areas, tonight I'm going to give a chance. really want you to just repent and just say, Lord, those were never designed to give me anything. They weren't designed. It's a false idol. It's a broken cistern. And the water just keeps going out of it. It's an empty well. Don't take your bucket here. It's dry. So then the question is, well, Jolene, how do I get my value established? This is through the revelation. Everybody has to pray, grant me greater revelation. The word is revelation. It's not just telling yourself over and over mentally. Ask Holy Spirit, I desperately want revelation about my value and my worth through your word. I choose to believe it, and I mix my faith with it, but grant me further revelation. And when somebody does have a prophetic word and they speak over you, receive it. Like I talked about, receive it. If he says, I'm well pleased, say amen. I receive that. These, all of these areas, when, when you get revelation here, all these areas get loosened and they just become part of your life. That's a lot different than them giving you something back. Then you don't have to do them perfectly. You may mess up. As a mom, you'll mess up. As in college, you're going to mess up. In whatever part, you're going to mess up, but it's not going to even touch your value and your worth because it's not connected to it. I'm going to go for it now. Worth and value because he said that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no debate. Why are we debating? You really want to step into the ring with him? You're going to lose. Jacob got bruised. It's no joke. It's finished, guys. This is not up for debate. Why are we debating this? Why are we letting Maybelline tell us otherwise? Serious. We're such slaves to it. If he says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, it's one of bread and wine's best songs, I think wonderfully made it's finally I was like Lord when is a song going to come out about how amazing we are like how wonderfully we're made we sing about creation and we sing about the glory and the splendor of the mountains and great how great thou art joyful joyful all that but where is a song where it's like wow I'm so amazing because you made me I want to sing those songs because it's a reflection of how good God is. I'm amazing. Why? Not because of what I do, but because of who created me. We're created in the image of God. It is no shame to say I'm fearfully I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. There's no sh- that's not arrogance. That's a truth. But why are we up for debate? So ladies, especially ladies, when you are debating your worth and your value, just know you are being disobedient to the word of God. If you entertain a thought in your mind that says you have no value, you're worthless. Guys, I know that you struggle with this stuff at times. You feel worthless. You feel so low. You feel like you don't have purpose. It's a lie from the pit of hell. At the end of the day, in the word of God it says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and stop. Period. Done. No debate. It's no end but uh, uh. no. Done. So from here on in, the the thing is that that passage where it says you made me, I I've, I've I've often thought, okay, if Ephesians 2:10 says that we are his masterpiece, it means that God is continually working on you and me. Created for good works. You're created for good works. Amen? Lots of good works. He has good works in mind. You can walk in them. He has them ready to go. Just yield. But here's the deal. If we believe that we are his masterpieces, a masterpiece, see, I didn't think myself up. I didn't say, okay, by the way, my order is hazel eyes, brown hair, freckles when I'm like two, and then they go away. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't order... Okay, and please make sure that you, you drop me in Grand Prairie. And then, no, I, did, I didn't have a say. I didn't have a say in it. Because he knit me in my mother's womb. So why do I have a right to dispute it if I didn't make myself? I don't. And I've submitted that to the Lord. I don't have a right to debate it. Because his word says, Join, you're incredible because you're gl- you carry my glory. End of story. Now do it well, kid. Do it well. I invite you. Do it well, body. Do it well. I truly believe if you catch on to the fact that you're created with glory and you bear his image, you will choose well. It is very rare that a man or a woman will go look at inappropriate images when they're feeling like they were created for glory. They don't. You go and compromise yourself when you feel like crap, when you feel low and you feel like you don't have purpose. That's when we make compromised decisions. Does that make sense? So if we really believe that we're a son and we're a daughter, our choices will follow that way. You won't even actually struggle the same way, I promise. You won't have time because God will have too many assignments for you. One man of God said, I don't understand. There's so much to do. I don't understand how these people struggle so much because I don't even have time. For real? For real? Sometimes it's just because we're, like, thinking about ourselves too much. There's a big kingdom out there needing to expand, people. I'm telling you, if you get busy in the kingdom of God and you sow in, you won't have time for the other stuff. And there's no other lifestyle like it. It's exciting. Amen? Yeah, it's exciting. It's life-giving. You'll come alive. (gasps) You'll come alive. You bear the image of God. Don't forfeit it. Whether or not you believe it, you do. And you're going to get to meet your maker one day. And hopefully, you'll be able to stand proud and say, Lord, I tried my best. And he can say, good and faithful servant. And you'll get to bow before him and offer your crown. It's time we wake up. It's time we step into what God designed. No more debating, people. You either believe this or you don't. And I trust, trust me, there's not a lot of other stuff that's offered that compares to this at all. Psychology doesn't nothing. We may have some mystery in this walk. Trust me, I get nailed question after question. I sometimes have to handle objections for a living as to why this and why that. I have a realtor that I counsel, and she says, there's a, there's a skill of managing objections for first-time home buyers. <laughs> I thought, ooh, that's good to know. So, my <laughs> so when my realtor was telling, trying to like get the deal going, I was like, you're handling an objection right now, because <laughs> she needs to close the deal. In the same way, I sit with Christians upon Christians, many who have sufferings and struggles, and they don't understand why it's happening. And they get all tangled up. And they start to question whether or not he's trustworthy. We're in a fallen world. So there's still going to be stuff that goes down. It's our response in it, folks. A house built on the rock, When those torrents burst against it, it did not fall. That can be you and me. Because we're not driven by circumstances. We're driven by the rock. And there has to be a little room for mystery. I'm okay to say, I don't know. Because my God is not a God I can make into an image. He's the Almighty, and he has his ways. But his word says, he is love. He is just, he is wise, and his ways are higher. I'm okay to submit to that and still have questions going to heaven. That's far better than being in my futile mind, hinging everything of my life on all the questions rather than situating myself in the truth. I'm okay to have questions. I got plenty. But I know that I know He is for you. He's for me. And he wants to be reconciled to all of us. And he wants to continue to further his kingdom, folks. It needs to touch down in Edmonton. It really does. And he's looking, the eyes of the Lord are looking to and fro for somebody available. For somebody available. So we're going to have a response time tonight because I haven't called an altar call at all. We are at a very unique retreat. It's not your church retreat. It's a very unique retreat. So I pray that you really hone in on this moment that's going to be offered to you. Because I believe this word was really sacred and holy And he really wants us to be bearers of his image again. And if we have defiled that in our lives, just come back to him and say, I really haven't appreciated the fact that you made me with glory. I really haven't walked in such a way that has honored the fact that you put your image and your likeness upon me. And I want to come back to you. And I want to come back full force, not partially. And I want to lay my life down. And I really want to set it apart for your glory. And if you have taken the bait and fallen slave to slavery of this sort, just ask, Lord, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Grant me greater revelation. Folks, we can do this. But don't forfeit anymore. It costed him his whole body. For us to return to glory and to be clothed in righteousness. He got beaten to the point nobody could recognize him. He got his flesh ripped off of him and became so, so broken. So that we wouldn't know shame anymore. And we'd walk in liberty and we'd walk in freedom and we'd walk in righteousness. If we could dim the lights and we could have the worship team come up. I'm going to pray. Those who, you know, you if you don't want to stick around, don't feel pressured. But those who want to have time, take the time while it's here. And I'm going to ask some of the uh, prayer team, just maybe two people, to go to the side, that side. And just be there available for people who actually want to have some prayer. But I'm actually going to urge you not to go to anybody unless you absolutely feel the need to. Because I really think it's one-on-one time. I really believe sometimes you and I just got to get really, really personal with God. And this is the atmosphere to do it. He's exalted in this place. He's ready to meet you. Present honestly, sincerely. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit. Let's go deeper. Let's go wider so that we can showcase his glory. But he needs people fully available. And if you give him your yes, you won't be disappointed. You were created for good works, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.